many of you played Monopoly? Maybe some of you still do. Let's see some hands. I don't know if you were one of those ones like, like Adam who just kind of controlled the board, you know, the hotels, the, everything else. One of those ones that everyone else hated and you just thrived on it. You didn't want it to go back in the box. Or maybe you were a bit like Dante, you know, that little corner of the board, just trying to survive, you know, just make it. I was the, I'm the, the fourth of five children and um, my fifth one was, yeah, my youngest sister was too young. So I was always the, the little one playing and I was always relegated to this tiny corner of the board and it was this awful feeling. But what happens at the end of the day? No matter who wins, no matter how lo who loses, what happens? Goes back in the box. I don't know which games you guys are into. Maybe you're more into Scrabble and you want your words, you know, it's the power of words and you're going to overcome or farm, um, careers. Any of you played careers? That was my favorite game. You've got to get points and fame and happiness and money. Basically, love, sex, and power. Um, but, you know, just said in, a, in another way, a more friendly, child-friendly way. And then um, Settlers of Catan, that's a newer one, you know, a bit of Dave Bates up there, road building. You've got to do all these kind of things, and, and it's about the power. But at the end of the day, what happens to them all? They go back in the box. What about games today? If you look at the computer games today, the youth over there can give us a good education, but you've got kind of Clash of Clans, and you've got Warcraft, is that right? And you've got a few other games, League of, League of Legends. And it's almost like it's trying to carry on forever. So they keep inventing it and inventing it, making it, trying to get a, a thrill to people. But actually, can it carry on forever? It's got to go back into the box or back into cyberspace at some point in time. And isn't that a bit like our lives? The game where it's like the world is saying, play this game, it's you know, money, money, sex and power. Come and play this game. And what happens at the end of the day? It's all got to go in the back, in the, back in the box. And they keep on trying to make it, oh, let's make it more thrilling. Let's, let's do bungee jumping. Let's do this. Let's have this more exciting computer game to keep the thrill, because people are bored with that game. And the reality is, I believe, that God calls us to a different kind of game. A game that is not about all those things. A game where we are not master of the board, but where God is master of the board. A game where it's not about money and power, but it's, where it's about love. And God's commandment to love Him with everything, every ounce of our being. We kind of think, oh, that's a bit mushy. That is a tough thing of faith, of adventure that we are called to live. We are not just invited to play that different board game, but we are commanded to play it because we were designed for that board game, that other one, which is a constant adventure. And, and I believe in each one of us, we, we pine after that and we try and live it, but it's quite difficult when we have these two conflicting things in us. The world saying, do this and, and come to this and you've got to come to 533 school functions and you've got to um, do this for the kids and you've got to do this for whatever it may be. And we feel this, this constant conflict. Today I want to, us to look at David. And David was such an example of living the game that God calls us to. And as we read it, I want us to be encouraged. It's a story most of us, if not all of us know, but to be encouraged in our own lives. What does this mean for us? How's God calling me? How have I slipped back into the world's game? And how do I need to be encouraged in this? So if you've got your Bibles with you, really want to encourage you to 
turn to 1 Samuel 17. It's quite near the beginning of the Bible. If, yeah, about 207 if it's, if it's these ones. And we're looking at David and Goliath. Okay, we didn't have a, a reading, a second reading today, because basically you're going to have a reading of a whole chapter now. So we're covering it all. And we're starting in 17. I'm just going to ad-lib some of it. Um, we're going to get onto that just now. So what we've got is we've got the Philistines and the Israelites are against each other. And it tells us at the beginning in verse 3, the Philistines are on one hill, the Israelites are on the other, and there's this valley between them. Can you picture it? And then there's dear old Goliath. He comes out, he's got his bronze helmet, he's got his armor. His armor weighed, let's see it in shekels, 5,000 shekels, 57 kilograms. Carrying. Now I complain about portaging a boat. If I, my husband's trying to get me to do doozy. I say, I can't, I can't even do 10 kilograms half of the boat. 57 kilograms he was carrying around with him, his armor, to protect him. His, his spear, the spearhead alone, weighed 7 kilograms. That's almost like half the boat on the back of his to throw. I mean, I can't even carry the thing. Okay. But that is how powerful he was. He was 3 meters tall. I mean, makes Thomas look like a bit of a dwarf. Or, or midget. He was tall and strong. And they, what, let's see their response. So he comes out and we see him saying, okay, come send anyone to fight me. I'm the man. If, if I win, if you win, then we'll surrender to you. But if we win, then you surrender to us. Everything you have is ours. How do the Israelites respond? It says in verse uh, let's find it. Um, in verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul, that's King Saul, and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Dismayed and terrified. They were responding. They were scared because the board game, they were going to lose on the board game. The next move was going to cost them. They were scared a whole lot on that board game. A little later in, um, in verse in verse 23, the end of 23, it says there, Goliath stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. The world's game is characterized by fear, by comfort. They wanted their comforts, and it's characterized by fear. But we see the contrast in David. Now, David... He's, it tells us, it takes a bit of a side, he's a son of Jesse, he's number eight of eight sons, and three of them are fighting in this battle. We aren't sure where the rest are. Now he, any of you the last in your family? Any of you number, number whatever in the family line, but the last one? How's it usually characterized? I was number four or five of us said, so I was sort of in that boat too. It's like, go fetch this, go do this, go get me a coffee, go, you know, they, they just kind of, yeah, they're the, the messengers. And David was the messenger. He was sent, and it was like, go and take to your brothers. So he was told to take them roasted grain, bread. We're in verse um, 18. Cheese. And go and see how your brothers are doing, and come back and report to me. You're just the messenger boy. You go and do your business. So, so off he goes, and he hears this stuff. David hears this. Uh, he sees Goliath in the second reading there. He had seen Goliath. And he says, he, when he hears this, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What is his response? Is he seeing it about the board game and is he going to move the next, lose the next place on the board game? Or is he seeing it 
about faith. It's not about comfort and fear. It's about faith. He faced and saw not Goliath, but he saw God. And we see then, as he's making this bold step of faith, now some of you might be feeling called to make a bold step of faith wherever you are in your life, we see that he faces temptations. And I'm sure some of these will be real to you. Firstly, what happens? His brother, how often it's those closest to us. Remember Jesus? He couldn't perform miracles in his hometown. His oldest brother, Eliab, says to him, he hears David finding out about Goliath and saying all these things about who's he to defy the living God. He burns with anger at him and asks, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave? Listen to this. Those few sheep in the desert. What is he saying to David? You are squat. You are the baby brother in the desert with a few sheep. You are nothing. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. You're just the messenger. You are nothing. Do you see that message? Isn't that the temptation for us? When we want to take a bold step of faith, actually, who are we? We are nothing. And, and David ignores that. And Saul hears about David, asking these things, calls for, calls for David. And he, David says, I want to fight him. Your servant's going to fight. And in verse 33, Saul says to him, but you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy. And he has been fighting man from his youth. He's dominating. Goliath is dominating the board. You cannot fight against Goliath. You're just a boy. You've just got your little corner of the board. And, but David says, he carries on. He says, I have fought against lions, etc. As, as a shepherd. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Did you see that faith? Incredible faith. What is he saying? My God is greater. I'm playing another one where it's not me, master, me trying to be master of the board. God is master of the board. He faces the second temptation. Saul says to him, he, well, he dresses him in his own armor. Now, how often do we say, okay, we'll trust God in faith, but it's God and. God and this. God and that. Because we need all the worldly support that we can. And David found it was actually too heavy. He said, no, I'm not going to have this, this armor. The third temptation was when he went out there. He's actually on the battle lines, and he faces Goliath. He sees the size of Goliath. And Goliath says to him, we're on verse uh, 43, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Now look at me. You're thinking I'm a dog. You've got it wrong. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So he said, look at me. I Fear me. Look how big I am. I'm a big problem. But what does David do? There's the temptation to look at Goliath and fear. But he looks at God. And that is where his eyes are. And he says, David said to the Philistine, verse 45, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, you know, with the world's game. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Okay, very gruesome. And he says, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 47, all those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Look at that picture of faith. And what happens? We all know the story. He's got his five smooth stones. Knocks Goliath, Goliath falls. And it says, today he, had, he killed Goliath. If David was asked, I don't think he would have said he killed Goliath. He would have said it was God, because he knew God was the master of the game. I mean, isn't that an awesome story? Don't you want to live with that kind of faith? All the time, the, the world's board game is calling us, but God calls us to live that adventure. I mean, David's life, I mean, this is just one snippet. They're just awesome stories of this radical faith, this radical adventure. I want to summarize those three temptations that often come at us when we try and, and live that radical faith. You are nothing. You are nothing. Go and look after your sheep. The second one, you need worldly help. God and. You know, God is, God is strong, but you need God and. And the third one, look at what you are facing. Look at Goliath and fear. There's a radical difference between how Israel, the game that Israel was playing and the game that David was playing, the game of faith, the game of trust in God. And it's a game that doesn't go back in the box. We see it over and over again in Scripture in our gospel reading that Joy read. Where, I mean, there you see this man, his daughter's died. And he says, I know you can heal her. And then he, Jesus gets there and the people are all laughing at him. The woman touches his cloak just knowing that that will heal her. Peter on the waves, what did he do? He's walking on the water. The waves were like his Goliath. He looked at the waves and started to sink. That temptation got to him. As you sit there this morning, I'm not sure where you are at. Maybe no Goliath spring to mind for you. But I'd want to encourage you, if that's the case, if you're in that camp, are you like the Israelites in their, in their tents, comfortably sitting in their tents, maybe playing cards, and just facing their, the fears twice a day, coming out ooh, with the bad world out there and going back in their tents? Because there is evil that would come against, would defy the name of the living God that we are called to make a stand against. There's human trafficking, and actually as I praying this morning, God laid it on my heart that someone, I don't know if it's at the seven or nine, that God would call someone here to a role in that. So if that's you, there's confirmation. But the other things, the orphans, there are people who are discarded as, as elderly. There are, there's hurt and brokenness in people. There are people who need the name of Jesus in their lives. I'm not talking about running around doing good deeds. You know, go and do your community chest as you have on Monopoly. Go and buy your, your like, fluffy toy for some child and you'll make them happy for the rest of their life and you run around trying to do all these good things. But God's placed passions in your heart. There are different passions for each one of us and different Goliaths that God would have us face. Let's not stay in our tents and be too scared to say, God, what is that Goliath that I would fight and conquer in your name? Maybe for some of you, there are Goliaths that you're facing at the moment. And this is, God's, this is God's gift to you. It's what you needed to hear. That they've come to mind and you just needed that reminder that actually 
It's not about your nothingness. It's not about the Goliath's bigness, but it's about our living God, the master of the board. And I want to encourage you in that. One thing I want to say too, though, is for all of us to reflect when we think we're facing a Goliath, to also to make sure that it's not an average Philistine. Sometimes we can be so caught up in this board that it's about ourselves. So our problems, if, if there's something small that our children or we are going through, sometimes that can become this Goliath. Remind ourselves to say, Lord, yes, you will help me with that. God's, God's interested in the little details in our lives. But he also calls us to, to great things, to conquer great things in his name. God is the star of the board game, not us. It involves the big and the little things. I was actually with someone um, a few days ago, and they said to me they were, um, someone, a supplier had come to them and said they don't know whether they should leave work or they were a bit unhappy. And uh, a few days later, he was in, in church worshiping this guy who'd spoken to the supplier. And God just put this man on his heart. And the scripture verse, you know, we make up from Proverbs, man makes his plans, but it's God's purpose that prevails. And so the next, he, he sent it to the supplier the next day. And an hour later, the supplier phoned him and said, you know, half an hour after you gave me that message, I was called into HR and I was retrenched. And your message of faith, his stepping out the boat, just reminded him that he wasn't playing this board game, that it wasn't about, even though he was losing on that board game by being retrenched, that God was looking after him. He was the master of the board game. And so some of us, that's, sometimes it's little steps. We need to start off with those little steps of faith. Who's God putting on your heart? What's the message? What would God say to our hearts of that faith? Sometimes it's really big things. And, I mean, for Steve and myself, I think we, one of, part of our challenge going forward is we want to say, we want to be playing more of that other game. We want to be teaching our children to be playing more of that other game and, and not getting caught up. And, and I think for the church, as we look at uncertainties, that we are not looking with fear. We're not looking and saying our comforts are being threatened. We're looking with faith. We're looking that God is the master of the board and how important it is that we hold on to that. So I want to encourage you that God is calling each one of us to an adventure. It's not the kind of entertainment the world throws at us. It's about picking up our cross and, and living that calling, living that life of faith like David. Get onto the other board game, receiving the radical love of God, letting that transform us. Be so overwhelmed by that love that we will do anything in the name of our Lord and we know his power to conquer all. Like David, we call to that other board game and I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I know there's a part of you already living it. Let's grow that other part. Let's grow in our faith. Let's grow in our, our trust that we're not looking and building our lives around comfort and around the fear that the world would put on us, but around faith and around our calling in Jesus. Let's pray. Let's just have a moment, just allowing God, ask God to speak into your heart. Maybe it's about revealing what that Goliath would be, that he would call you to make a stand against. Maybe it's that God wants to speak into your heart, remind you of his power, of his greatness, of his sovereignty, that it's not about your nothingness, 
It's not about the size of the problem. But he is great and mighty. It's not by might nor by power, but by his Holy Spirit. Maybe there's some recognizing they're just playing too much of the world's board game. And we'll just say, Lord, I want to live that life of faith. Help me. God, we would live for you. Thank you for the adventure. Thank you that as we live with our hearts totally open to your love, totally offering every part of ourselves to you, that you would call us to an adventure far better than the world could ever offer us. An adventure that doesn't go back in the box. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.